everybody. Happy Tuesday. Happy May 14th. We are back for yet another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. Uh, I am Brent Smith. As always, I am joined by Michael Miller and Pastor Daniel Yelverton. I know we haven't done some introductions in a little while in case you've uh, joined us the last few episodes and you're wondering what our names are. Um, so anyway, <laughs> should we uh, do our voices with our names or are they just going to No, they'll just guess. Okay. All I right. So I, I'll guess. be, I'll be Michael. I'm Michael. Hi guys. Good to see you all. I've got an awesome beard. Uh, I look like a walrus sometimes and I have some, uh, challenge on the top of my head with, with my hair. So <laughs> I don't have a Daniel impersonation. So, well, that's good. Cause I'm Daniel. Anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Brent, how are you doing today? I just got confused. I don't even know what's happening. Here. That's classic Brent. <laughs> Yeah, he, he's such a trickster. <laughs> oh, happy belated Mother's Day, by the way. I don't know if we oh. had a chance to say it last yeah. podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Any of you mothers out there that listen, <laughs> hope, we hope you had a great day. We honestly and truly do hope you had a great day. Yeah. So, um, today we are on the chapter of Romans 12, the book of Romans the chapter of 12. The book of Romans. <laughs> the chapter of 12. Oh, so, um, it, do you guys, what do you guys want to talk about with this real quick? Like kind of a setup. Um, I know that last time we talked about Romans in general being, um, I think you, one of you called it Paul's masterpiece um, about the Christian faith and explaining. So what are we getting into with Romans 12? Uh, so um, we talked about one of, the, one of the things we talked about in Romans was that Paul... Uh, puts out a clear kind of uh, argument or almost just like why uh, the gospel is what it is. So he his he, and we said that actually Harvard Law students in the first like hundred years of Harvard used the Book of Romans as uh, kind of like a test to see what it means to like uh, to like win an argument or to win a case. Just by the way he kind of meets objections already. He already answers objections before they come up, different things like that. And so the way that Paul has constructed Romans is brilliant. I mean, he's just going from one thing to the next and he's taking the conclusions that he's building off of his case basically to then end in a destination. And, and we're starting to head towards the destination in Romans 12 where he is basically launching us to then basically our application. So he's been laying out the groundwork for the gospel, um, what it, uh, what the gospel means to us now, what that, what that means to us spiritually, what that means for us eternally, what that means that, the, the, that Jesus has given us a spirit. And so now what does that mean for us going forward? What does that mean as we relate to people? What does that mean in our role in the church? And so we're going to see that really come kind of to a, like a jumping out of the page on Romans 12 here because he is basically giving us kind of like the roadmap for what it looks like to now live the gospel out. Yeah. It's like we see so much about what salvation is and how it works. And then, and, and, and like you said, some of the objections and how he answers some of that stuff. And then here we start to get the now what? Like, okay, now we figured out this whole salvation piece. Now, now what? Mm-hmm. And uh, man, it gives us a, a really good roadmap of how to be in chapter 12. I think it's, it's really beautiful. And one of the things that we are, uh, we're concluding our series, uh, let's fight. And, um, we're concluding it with, uh, just unity and how as the body's unified, uh, under not only the, the, the banner of Christ, um, but also the mission of Christ and what that means now for us as we relate to each other as the church, but also us as we relate to the world. We use a lot of Romans 12 when it's come to kind of building this because mm-hmm. it just, 
it really Paul does a great job of laying these things out, and he does and he does a great foundation for us. Uh, just talking about how uh, in response to God, this is what you should do, and I love it because he talks about worship in there. He talks about you know um, to renew our minds, so allow the truth of God to change the way we think, and then we live differently because of that. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I was just looking back at you, Michael, to see if you had anything else. Um, all right, guys. So Blank, this blank slate up here, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brent. <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah, uh, I'm Michael today. <laughs> that's right. So that would conf- if we really oh, that man, that's that's so we'd have to terrible. put on name tags or something like that, and it's still probably mess it up. We should do it soon though, because if we start doing Facebook Live soon, they'll know. They, uh, you know, I, I'm having an identity crisis now. I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> You're the Flash. You have a Flash shirt on today. That's You're, it. You're yeah. Barry Allen. Yeah. Your special guest today. <laughs> All right, you guys. So uh, this is Romans 12. Just a heads up, too. Um, it is still, like uh, Daniel was referring to, it's a little bit um, more difficult language to understand, but it's also uh, only about three to three and a half minutes today, too. So um, just perk your ears up and uh, dig in, and we'll be right back. This is Romans 12 from the Dwell app. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. The one who exhorts, in his exhortation. The one who contributes, in generosity. The one who leads, with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy, with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. 
for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. All right, guys, that was Romans 12. We are back from the scripture reading for the day. So take us somewhere. Yeah, this is uh, honestly one of my favorite chapters in all the scriptures. I love this chapter. It's full of uh, great application, um, so much uh, uh, conviction, but also so much great teaching. And it has a really good foundation. And and we start out with a therefore. There's so much therefore in Romans, and you have to always go back to what it is. And so he starts Romans 12 with, therefore, in light of all the mercy of God, which he has basically been putting together this argument about the goodness, the grace, the mercies of God, and everything that God has done on our behalf, everything that we couldn't do, we were not righteous, no, there's not one, but because of one man, Jesus, now there's salvation for, you know, all people that we talked about, you know, everyone has the opportunity to choose Jesus, and so, and so Paul is saying, be, like, I'm appealing to you now, because of everything that God has done for you, this is how you should live, and it's really cool, because he talks about um, worship, and now we we talked about this even in our Let's Fight series, um, and we had Brent and a couple of worship leaders come and share um, just what it looks like to worship, not just with singing, mm-hmm. uh, because singing is absolutely singing, playing instruments, um, dancing, all of that is a part of worship mm-hmm. for sure. But it's not just worship; that's not like exclusive there. And right. so, I think it's great that he calls. Uh, living a sacrificial life or living a life, presenting our body to Jesus as a living sacrifice, um, basically giving him all all rights, all ownership to our lives is actually worship. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd love to just kind of, maybe you could give us a little bit of just kind of uh, cliff notes of kind of what are some things you guys talked about when it came to worship based on kind of where we get this from this chapter. Sure. And, and I had a thought too, right before we go into that, we'll come right back to that. But since we haven't really addressed it in a while, um, when you guys talk about the therefore, I know that we that there's a therefore, so you have to figure out what it's there for. But can you kind of explain that just a little bit to anybody that might be new to us and why we refer so much when there's a therefore to to kind of needing to figure out the sure. context? The, because, this is a big pet peeve of mine. Mm-hmm. What we tend to do is we tend to read a verse or read just a chapter. And we read it in isolation as if it's the only thing there, that it, there's nothing else that supports it. So when one thing leads to another, we need to figure out you know, what what things lead to. That's why I love how we do a chapter a day, because we go through the entire New Testament one chapter at a time so you can see the context. But mm-hmm. but again, it's literary context. You have to see where we're coming from. And, and if you're not seeing it, you're not going to catch the picture. Uh, and again, I hate it when I see on the Internet, um, you know, people will argue and they'll pick one verse that maybe starts with a therefore, and you have no idea, you know, what they're pulling it from, and they're and they're arguing it for something completely unrelated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the Bible says it, so this is the way that it is. I mean, like, imagine if you were like, you know, so what? What should we do with? I have this relationship problem with my wife, and you and you pull up some some verse about murder. You know, <laughs> like, no, guys, that's not. Don't kill her. You know. Yeah. So so yeah, you, we have to look at the the context, and when you see that therefore. Paul is saying, 
this because of that. Yeah. So you yeah. always have to look back and see what he's talking about. Yeah, and and you should do that all the time, but especially it's a nice little flag at the very beginning of a chapter yes. that when the therefore is there, immediately if you see a therefore, boom, you need to go back and figure out exactly what led to this point. I, I tend to read it backwards when I see that because it, it can get confusing, Yeah. right? For, therefore, therefore, what, <laughs> right? So I start looking, all right, this because of this, because of this, because of this. Okay, he starts with this point. Yeah. Okay, this is his point. And he's saying all these things because of this. Okay. And, and then and then you'll, so all these things support something else. Yeah. So, and yeah. I think it's really, we, we it's good to first to read it like this because like Michael said, it's a pet peeve of his, but I mean, if we just arbitrarily, like arbitrarily take things and just say, and don't know the foundation of it, right? Don't know what is the reason behind it or the truth that lies beneath this, then it becomes almost really uh, shallowly rooted. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, something that and it doesn't I mean, it doesn't have to be just the context of, of Scripture. If we just take just one thing and, and assume and then just don't have any context of what it is, we can do that with people, mm-hmm. you know, and then we can have these really shallow assumptions Absolutely. of people without knowing their story. And so it's really important for us to, to understand what is beneath this, what is beneath what Paul is saying here. Therefore, because there, he has built, you know, he is he's, it's almost like he's. It's like a construction site. He's putting something together, and he's building something amazing, but you have to go to the foundation. You have to go to the inner workings of this kind of uh, whole kind of argument, or not not even just argument, but just what's this this kind of layout of what the gospel is. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it. it's like it's like going back, and you got to go through the architect's plans. Now, before we get back, because I know Brent's going to talk about worship, so I don't want to forget yeah. that. But before we get there, to answer that question more specifically, the therefore piece here in this chapter— um, Paul just really gets this masterpiece about what the gospel is. You know, he, he talks about, you know, we see that how we're all sinners and we see that we're saved by faith and, and that, and then later on we see that we can all be grafted in, that it's Jew and Gentile. And he, and he says some things specifically to the Gentile, something specifically to the Jew, but he wraps this thing about what salvation is, the salvation through faith that Paul basically, you know, crafts here in Romans. Now, he wraps that up and he talks about some of these objections. Therefore, chapter 12. Mm-hmm. So because of the gospel, because of our salvation, because of all these things, we have chapter 12. Mm-hmm. So that that's what he's trying to say. So that that's what the therefore is therefore. Yeah. Now yeah. we got to talk about worship. Yeah. That's exciting stuff. <laughs> this is the real Brent. Um, so, yeah, getting back to what Daniel said, uh, this entire chapter is really... It's not a roadmap of just how to live your life in faith, but it's a, a roadmap of how to live your life in worship. Absolutely. How to devote your life. And, and the first uh, first section here, number one, um, it kind of does the overall summary of it. Um, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. That's like the general synopsis of what we're going to get into, basically, right? So everything in here is talking about living worship, because— one thing that we um, that I really try to spend a lot of time on as a worship leader is the fact that one I didn't understand until just a few years ago what worship really was, mm-hmm. and then when I first got into it, then I thought it was just music and 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 how to how to properly worship God through that time together in music, whether it's individual or corporate as a body. Um, but really, what worship is 
you have to understand that, yes, worship is a genre of music that is really beginning in popularity right now with movements like Elevation, not our Elevation, but Elevation Church, uh, Bethel Music, Hillsong. Uh, you know, Hillsong, a lot of people like that. Yes, that is a genre of music, but it's it's so much more than that, and it's so much more than just worshiping God to music, whether you're listening to music as you worship or whether you're, you're an actual band of worshipers coming together and playing music and people listening and engaging and entering into worship all together as a body in one. That is amazing worship. It's awesome, but that's only one way that you worship. And worship is, I, I don't love saying this because it's never connected with me completely, but it's said a lot of times, worship is a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think Pastor Phil explained it really well is um, worship as a lifestyle looks a lot like um, a good analogy is the way that people construct diets and things today. There's lots of fads. There's lots of people that get into a diet and they lose weight and it's great. And then they fall off and they go right back to who they were before. It's more like changing the way that you eat for good and creating finding a a way of a lifestyle that works for you to be able to maintain that Mm -hmm. for the rest of your life to make healthy choices to make the right choices and with living a life of worship it's not about making healthy choices for your food although it can be as well it's about making healthy choices about your spiritual relationship with god and being intentional in everything that you do in your life, devoting that to God and devoting that to living the way that he has instructed us to live and, and making yourself a sacrifice for him in your daily life, letting yourself die and letting him live through you. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the, uh, not a lot, a few of those examples that I can remember off the top of my head, because we did that about a month ago or so. Um, uh, one that I always bring up is something that um, Daniel's father-in-law, actually, he was a mentor of mine for about a year um, in, in some of my uh, spiritual development as I came into this role. And one of the things that he said that always struck stuck with me was talking about storing up treasures in heaven. Um, and you don't do it to store up the treasures in heaven. You do these things to be sacrificial to God. And then the end result is that he would store up treasures for you when you get there. Sure. But uh, simple things like uh, the example that he used to me was if you're in a public restroom, nobody else is in there with you and it's a mess. There are paper towels all over the place, yeah. toilet seats up, you know, the, the sink's a mess. Take a couple minutes and clean that up. But while you're cleaning it up, know and intentionally do it to honor God in yeah. that way. And then don't go out and tell people and brag about, look what I just did. I just mm-hmm. cleaned up the bathroom. It's an individual choice that you make in the eyes of only God that you can make a sacrifice of your time and your efforts intentionally for him and to him. Um, and then um, Daniel's wife, Lainey, spoke about um, being a mother and and her ministry at home and pouring into their children. Yeah. Um, being a mother and, and doing that intentionally with honoring God in mind, that is worship. You know, everything that you do almost can be worship as long as you're devoting it and you're intentionally doing it for the honor of God. So that's, I mean, that's in a nutshell. I think um, that's all. I I love that you shared that, Brandon. One of the things that stuck in my mind when we were talking about worship uh, in our series is is thinking of worship as a, as applying worth, like saying something's worth it. Yeah. You know, so Jesus is worth it. So this is why I live this way. Yeah. 
you know, uh, loving, you know, and so I love my family because Jesus has called me to do that and he's worth it. And so that's why I do it kind of thing. And so I think of worship, not just as, like you said, it's not just about, it's assigning worth. It's assigning worth to Jesus and saying, Jesus, because of this, and you even can use what Paul is saying, because of God and his great mercy for us, we need to show that that's worth it. Like what he did for us is worth it and worthy of worship. And and so I think that that, uh, that shows and reflects in how we live. Uh, and I think you touched on something really great. Um, you, it was kind of, not subliminal, but it was kind of under the surface where you were talking about how it's, it's you know, you've kind of grown in this and this is something that you're beginning to understand more and more. And I think we... The, when we think of worship as like the diets or we think of even our, our spiritual walk as like, okay, I need to go do this and this is my diet to get more spiritual and then, you know, nothing sticks, nothing lasts. And I think that there is a uh, there's a challenge with like the marathon mentality of a spiritual walk, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that we want to just like we want the quick, fast you know, high elevated worship. We want the quick, fast understanding of who God is and understanding everything about God, but we don't want the process sometimes, you right. know? And I think that um, I'd love to stay on worship if we want to, but it just, it kind of naturally progresses for me to the next scripture, which says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you, that by testing, you may discern what the will of God is, what is good, acceptable and perfect. And I think this, for me, this transformation process, like God is is is, is sanctifying us. That, that's a word that uh, we use a lot in Christian circles, and that is basically just saying that God is is changing us and becoming more and more like Jesus, and that's a process called mm-hmm. sanctification. And so uh, that as we renew our mind, as we change the way we think, as we begin to align our mind to the truths of God, we begin to think more and more like God. Mm-hmm. And when we think more and more like God— that we get to understand more and more the will of God is. What's the will? What's the purpose? What is God out to pursue? How is he looking to uh, bring his glory? How is he looking to bring heaven here on earth? And so as we begin to change the way we think, we begin and align our truths to what God is, He begins to we begin to understand more and more his will. And I think that people want the will without the process, you know? Everybody's like, I just want the will of God for my life, you know? Okay, I just want the billboard that God's going to, like, bring down from the sky that says you're supposed to do this with your life. Yeah. And 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 I think that that, that is a quest of disappointment because, one— the will of God can for us is not going to be defined by this billboard of saying you should marry this person. You know, it's like, no, like it's so much bigger and grander than that. And, and, but I think that the, the, the hard work or, or or maybe even the homework that kind of comes with this is that process of being transformed by the way we think that if we want to understand the will of God's for our life, the will of God for our life, we have to begin to allow ourselves to be transformed by the way we think and to align ourselves with the truth of God because God has been infinitely the same for all time. Yeah. His character has always been good. He has always been loving. He has always been this person, uh, this you know God the Father who is good and who is all of these great qualities. And so as we begin to align ourselves, with, we're going to start to see his will kind of almost take place root in our life and we'll we'll begin to see those opportunities to act uh, on behalf of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit to this world. Yeah. And and so I think that we 
as believers, we can't want this microwave faith, you know, microwave worship, microwave truth, microwave will of God, where we just want it all right now. Right. Give it to us. We're coming to sun. We're coming to church on Sunday morning. Pastor, give me the will of God for my life, and then I'm gonna go ahead and do it, maybe with my own kind of flair and flavor. Because <laughs> come on, I mean, I know what's best for my life, right? Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and I think that that God, his his plans are so great. And as we begin to trust him more and more, and as we begin to realize that as we lose our life for him, we're going to gain everything. We're going to gain everything that Jesus promises. And as we allow those truths to change us, these things that we're going to read read about later on will start to happen. You know, you don't have to go through this list and think, okay, where am I struggling here? I got to get better at this list. Start at the top with worship. Yeah. With, with self-sacrifice and with allowing God to change the way you think, allowing his truth to penetrate your heart and mind and then inform your actions, and then these things will start to take place. And so if we don't, if we start with the list, then it's <laughs> going to become this thing that with these bunch of laws that we have to follow. Yeah. And this is more of like God is really interested in life change and transforming you to look like Jesus so that you can enact his will by just what you do and how you think and how you treat other people, not because you saw a billboard. Yeah. And that list will fall into place <laughs> yes. because of that process, not because you're checking off a checklist. But one thing I wanted to touch on real quick that because I'm like the the real world analogy guy, like how can the people listening that don't understand as much of the, the Bible speak or Christianese or whatever, how is this something that it can be driven home to you? And, and through growth in this, through spiritual maturity, through the process, you have to understand and embrace that testing is a part of it. And it's not just a little bit of a part of it. It is an integral part of it. And failure is a massive part of it sure. because I, I look at it this way and this might be a negative way to look at it. So if it is, please correct me when I'm done here and like help clean this up. <laughs> but the way that I kind of look at it, that makes sense to me. Cause I've come for like, uh, we do a, a celebrate recovery program here, um, on Tuesday nights at the church. If you're listening, if you want to get involved, it's not just in a, a like an addiction program. It's for anybody with hurts, habits, and hangups in their life, anything that they're having trouble dealing with, mm-hmm. emotional, physical, whatever. It's an awesome family that we have in that ministry, and they, they will embrace you and accept you. But something that you go through, whether it's Celebrate Recovery or it's a standard 12-step program, because if you look at it, as believers, we are addicted to this world when we begin this walk. And we have to get clean of that and and take on this whole new process of thinking. So one of the things that I've always heard said when it comes to 12-step programs um, is the failure, is you will relapse. It's very, very small percentage of people that don't ever relapse, that go cold turkey clean on whatever it is that they're dealing with, and they never fall back into that habit even once. Failure, relapse is part of the process and it makes you stronger and it's a learning a learning situation but it is it is a process so don't beat yourself up if you start feeling good because i do this all the time i start feeling good like man i've been really good for a while like maybe maybe i finally got this thing you know yeah and then i sin and i'm like oh man and then i beat myself up Mm -hmm. and i have to remind myself of who jesus is why he died for us, how forgiving he is, that grace is still there for me even though I was doing well and fell off the wagon again. Yeah. It, it's a process. So don't beat yourself up. Just stay at it because developing new habits and developing a new lifestyle takes a long time. 
Yeah. One quick thing, Brent, um, just for those listeners, uh, our Celebrate Recovery is, like Brent said, it's on Tuesdays. It starts at 630. They have dinner. So um, come by, uh, you know, come hungry, grab some food. They've got child care, too. Uh, check it out. It's an awesome group of people. And uh, it is a, it just like any relationship. You know, I'm not going to as soon as I said my vows to Lainey, mm-hmm. I did not become the perfect husband. You know, <laughs> I mean, like it's a process. I'm still I'm, you know, we're five years in. It'll be five years later this month. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, but I mean, we're you know, we it's 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 a challenge, and everybody knows that. Everybody knows that like you're not the perfect person right off the bat. So why would we assume that this whole process of beginning a relationship with God and becoming more and more like Jesus is just like, oh, I should be really good at this all the time. You know, that yeah. doesn't make any sense. You know, yeah. and I think it's important we drive that home though, because <clears throat> if you look at not to get off on a tangent, but if you look at divorce rates in this world, I think a lot of people don't understand that anymore. Mm-hmm. I think they don't realize that marriage is hard and it's work and it's going to be really good sometimes and it's going to be really difficult sometimes and it's worth sticking with it. But I think a lot of people go in with those rose colored glasses and they don't. Yeah. So I'm glad you guys talked about marriage. Yeah. Because I was thinking about how marriage. I'm taking Michael. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) At least now I know. No, no. Like, look. Relationships with your spouse and relationships with God, I know they're different, but they have some similarities, like we've talked about. Sure. So, uh, as we were talking about worship, and you guys, we, we, we talk about love, I come to a realization. Now, I don't have a verse for this. This is just my opinion, so bear with me. But I think that worship is how we love God. So, if you think about ways that you ways that you love your spouse right things that you do for your spouse like i think it's gary chapman i always forget who who's the author but he has this book called the five love languages right, mm-hmm. right. and, and the, he mentions words of affirmation actions quality time gifts and touch those are ways that like as humans that we love each other mm-hmm. well, as we're going through this stuff in romans 12 i was noticing all these things that we should do and all these things that we should not do and i realized a lot of these things plug into those five things. Mm. And, the, and the point that I'm making is the same ways that we love our spouse, the, the, the things that we, the words of affirmation, you know, baby, I love you. That's kind of where some of that act, like the physical, like the praise part of worship comes in, mm-hmm. that we physically tell God that we love you. You know, we, we see actions. This thing's got a lot of do's and don'ts in here. There are things that we can do to love God that are basically what we do, even the renewing your mind piece. Mm-hmm. Some of that has to do with quality time. Yeah. Some of that has to do with prayer. Yeah. And we see all these things listed in the in Romans 12. And I'm coming to realize that as we've been preaching, worship is really big and it's bigger than, I don't want to say just singing because that's so important. I think worship, I think our praise, I think that's important, but it really does encompass how we love God, what we do to show God our, our love. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, in in Romans 12, man, I, I wrote out a list. I'll just run through it like as fast as I can. Listen to some of these words. <laughs> I'm not going to preach it, but just listen to some of these words. I have one I thing to add after that, uh, and then we'll have to wrap up. We're getting close to our time limit here. So I, I have the words live, sacrifice, worship, transform, renew, test, discern, think, be unified, use gifts, the gifts like serving, teaching, exhortation, money, zeal, mercy, cheerfulness, to love, be genuine, to do. <laughs> To honor each other, be fervent, serve, rejoice, hope, be patient, pray, be helpful, bless your enemies, give them food, give them water, rejoice, comfort, which means weep with them, Mm -hmm. be peaceful and overcome. Like that, 
that's a big picture of how we love, mm, if yeah. you think about those words. So go back through Romans 12 and think about the verbs in this passage and think about how you love people and how you can love God. Yeah. yeah. And, and one thing that really sticks out to me that before you got into that list, you said carving out special time with God. Something else that Dennis, uh, uh, Daniel's father-in-law that I mentioned earlier was a mentor for me, still is. Um, one of the thing, another thing he said that stuck with me is if you want to have a healthy marriage, you have to carve out special time. You have to have like special date nights, just you and your spouse together. Yeah. If you want to have a healthy marriage, that is absolutely necessary in the long run. And if you want to have the healthiest relationship that you can with God, you have to do what I consider date nights with God. And I'm not always perfect and, perfect and consistent with doing this, but man, my relationship with God is so much better and so much stronger when I take a few hours one day and I say, okay, I'm cutting out all distractions and I'm going to pray. I'm going to turn on worship music. I'm going to just sit in silence and soak in yep. his love, his word. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to set aside this special time with him. It is amazing how much healthier that makes your relationship and how much stronger it makes your connection with your spouse and with God. And this is a both and, not mm-hmm. either or thing. Yeah. yeah. Because I think about like Valentine's Day and birthdays and anniversaries. You don't just love your wife on those special days. Yeah. Or even if you have a Saturday night, um, you know, date night. You don't just love your wife on that. You don't just love God when you come to church. Mm. You don't just love God when you pray in the morning. And yeah. then it's like, forget about him the rest of the day. Like, as we talked about with diets, this is... It becomes part of of what you do. It's who you are. It's not an event that you do. So it's both. We do come to church. We do praise. We do spend that that time with God in prayer. We do have the date night or whatever you want to call it, right? We do those things because that's a part of it, but that's not all of it. Mm -hmm. That's just a part of the relationship. Do you have anything to add, Daniel? Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to just... pray if you would, if you pray for us when you feel Yeah, it. I'll do that. Um, so we, there's no way for us to go through all the individual things like Michael just listed off a ton, but I wanted to just kind of give a few because it's, it's broken down almost in two different sections. The first, the beginning, is really about how the church, how we, how we can serve the body, the mm-hmm. church, and how we function differently. I think this is really important because we all have a role. We all have a role within the church. Like when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we receive the Holy Spirit, like it says that that Christ gives us gifts. Um, and we have gifts that we've been given by grace since we've been born. And we also have spiritual gifts that we've been given since we got born again. And so there is God is giving us an opportunity to participate in the church in the church body, as we serve, as we prophesy, as we, uh, as we teach, as we encourage, as we're generous, uh, all of these things are things that we can do within the church. And so I would encourage you as you're reading through these things, figure out where God has like maybe, uh, uh, gifted you or like something that you just really enjoy and figure out how you can use that in a way to, uh, just help out your local church wherever you are. Cause that's huge. That's, I mean, that's going to be, that's really, you're walking in worship when you're doing that. And, and so, uh, so that's one thing that I want to kind of mention. Like serving at E-Kids, come on out. Yeah, serving the kids <laughs> ministry, man. Uh, but, but no, it is really, uh, I think that we, we kind of just, sometimes we get pigeonholed in either where we're serving or we just don't serve at all because we don't know where we can serve. And God has gifted us in all these different ways. And we're not all supposed to do one thing, right? The body looks weird if it's all one eye, right? Or a mouth. Like, it just looks totally bizarre, right? Thank you for that mental picture. (laughs) Yeah. And so, like, that's why 
we're not all called to be pastors. We're not all called to be worship leaders. We're not called to be e-kids directors. We're not all called for those things. And so find out what God has like uniquely designed you to do and try to walk into that. And if you don't know what it is, ask God about it because his will and his plan and purpose for your life is really great, right? And so begin to change the way you think and think, okay, God, how can I serve and, and just open up that conversation and allow him to reveal that to you. And the last thing I wanted to kind of talk about. Can I say one thing on that real quick? Oh, yeah, sure. Wherever God's calling you right now, also be open to the fact that it likely will change throughout your life. Mm-hmm. You might always Amen. be called to one thing, but he's also known to either completely change your direction or to have you continue to do that, but also inspire you to go into something else is to, it's part of his plan. He's going to use you in different ways if you're mm-hmm. there and you're sacrificing for him. So be open to those changes and know that they're likely coming. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, it's, it's, <laughs> we sometimes will use the analogy that God's will is like a highway, right? And when you're doing that, you're moving like you're and you're shifting destinations and you may even be shifting vehicles and that kind of, that stuff happens. You don't like if it, you're not stationary in the will of God. You know, you are outgoing, doing, and being a part of something great, which brings change naturally. Yeah. It always is going to be a part of it. And then um, and then the last thing is just that there's this list from 9 through 21, which is just awesome. And I would just maybe just rest in this for a little while, maybe read it a couple times and just pick out one or two things you think, I should try to get better at this, or, you know, I need help with this, Lord, like work in my life in this, and then just kind of go through that. But the last verse kind of puts a big, huge bow on it, and I love this. It says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by doing good. And I think that's going, that's the kind of the the exclamation point, even for our series, Let's Fight, is that evil's around us. Evils in our even evils in our families. We have conflict. We have disunity. We have bitterness. We have unforgiveness. Evil is we have so much disunity in our nation, in other nations that are around. You know, you have so much disunity, so much slander, bullying, cyberbullying, all of these things that are going on around us. There is just evil around us, right? Mm-hmm. And and so when we see this. Know that like all this stuff that we're looking at, all of these things that we can do for people, all of our participation in the church, all of the participation of the people around us is us overcoming evil by doing good. And so when you see evil, what do you do? You overcome evil by doing good. Hmm. When you see evil, you know, on the, you know, when you're watching the news, you know, don't, don't participate in it. Bring like overcome evil by doing good. You know, and this is our opportunity to kind of to renew our mind and derail ourselves from all of the stuff that's kind of going on around us and and think about, okay, my role in this world is to overcome evil, to be light in darkness, to be the salt of the earth, to do all these things that Jesus has called us to me by doing good. Because Jesus said, you're going to know that you're my disciples by how you love other people, not by anything else. And so if we want to overcome evil, we overcome evil by doing good. And this list is a great place to start. But it is going to be something that as long as we see it around us, we have a role and we have a responsibility as light to the world. And so um, anyway, so that's kind of my encouragement to to as we see the stuff that's going on around us, the thing that frustrates, the thing that breaks our hearts, you know, think about how we can do good to bring resolution to that instead of just kind of ostracizing or pointing yeah. fingers or just saying it's just those people and it's something wrong with them and they're the they're the issue um, because we're not warring with flesh and blood. You know, we're, there's evil around us that has been at war with the kingdom of God since before we were here. 
right? And it's going to remain and it's going to always be in the shadows unless we start to to shine a light on it and overcome it by doing good. So with that, uh, I hope that you guys were encouraged uh, by this podcast and um, we're just thankful that you guys commit time to listen to us and uh, just know that God has an amazing uh, plan in store for all of us, um, that he that we get an opportunity to offer our life as a great spiritual worship, worship that rises up to heaven and is something that, that brings God so much joy. And he wants to give us the kingdom. He wants to give us everything. So allow ourselves to be transformed and begin this process of uh, really becoming more and more like Jesus. So I'm just going to pray for that over all of us, and, and then we'll head out. Uh, Father God, I just... Dad, I just thank you so much that because of your great mercy, uh, I'm here with my brothers and you have um, just uh, put so much goodness into our lives and that you have uh, just given us your son so that now we can cry, Abba, Father. We, you, we have this relationship with you now as dad. And so, uh, Lord, I just pray that my life will begin to live in response to your goodness, that it will be lived in response to everything that you've done for me. And, and God, help me to trust you. Help me to trust you, Jesus, that your word said that if, if we want to gain our life, we can lose it. We have to lose it for your sake. And if we lose it for your sake, we will gain everything that you have to offer us. And so, God, I just pray that this chapter will be an encouragement to us that there's so many different areas that we can bring the gospel, that we can overcome evil by these things of doing good and by changing the way we think and by living lives of worship. And so I want to encourage everyone that's listening that God has an amazing, amazing plan for you, that he loves us so, so much. And so let, let's let all commit to this. Let's commit to saying, all right, God, I'm going to give you access to uh, my life, to my actions, to my thoughts, because you're worth it. Because of everything you've done for me, you're worth it. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you for all of this. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would empower us to begin to walk just like Jesus, uh, to start slowly, to know that we're going to stumble and fall, but that you'd never condemn us for that, but that you continually... Uh, it brings joy as we are stepping closer and closer towards you and more and more in the likeness of Jesus. Uh, so Holy Spirit, continue that work in us. And God, may you can carry it all the way until completion. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, guys, I just feel, uh, as we're wrapping up here, I just want to point out to you too, we, we talked about um, Celebrate Recovery that goes on here at our church. But... I feel like we have a larger responsibility as well because we do have, we can look at our stats and we see that there are people all over the world that listen to this podcast. Um, so Celebrate Recovery is something that is not just our church. It's churches all over this country. I'm not sure if it's all over the world or not. But I think I, so. Is it? Yeah, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's a worldwide thing. Okay. So mm-hmm. if you do have anything, and it, like I said, it's not just um, an addiction situation. It's, it's if you had something traumatic happen to you when you were a child and you're still dealing with emotional things because of that. If you are, are having a, a tough relationship with your child, if you're having a tough relationship with your spouse, anything that you are, are dealing with right now that you're, it's literally, it's, it's hurts, hangups, and habits. 
anything that falls under those categories, Celebrate Recovery is amazing and it can really help you find a way to break through those things finally with partnership with the family that we have in the ministry or that is in any, in any ministry, in any church around for Celebrate Recovery, but also in partnership with the Holy Spirit and understanding of, of who you are as a child of God. So I just want to throw that out there to you guys. If you have anything you're dealing with, go seek out your local Celebrate Recovery or whatever ministry it is that's near you that's like that. You will not regret it. So until then, uh, until next week, you guys just take care of each other out there. Spread the podcast, spread the word of God, and, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday.